Alright, welcome to installment three of From the Corner, the Lariat Sports Desk Podcast. You're on air with Will Parchman, Brian Bateman, and Justin Bear. And guys, we got an exciting slate of games to talk about here. A great show coming up here. We're talking uh, talking men's, women's basketball. Uh, the uh, softball team opened up their uh, their season over the weekend with the Getterman Classic. Uh, guys, uh, how's y'all's weekend of uh, Baylor sports? Uh, it was good, man. Uh, first off, did we ever get any emails uh, from our for any no, new names? I'm I'm titanically disappointed in our listeners. Uh, we did, we got no. New emails. My my only guess is from the corner was so great they couldn't think of anything else. I mean, <laughs> I mean if if you can't improve upon our massive name, I mean, it, that either says something about us or about y'all. I can't really tell. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Texas game. How about that? What what a disappointing game. I mean, it seems like we've said this so many times in the past few weeks, but when you open up the game, one for seventeen from the three point uh, from behind the three point line when. Your strongest asset of the team is your three-point shooting. Uh, there's no way you can defeat a team like number 11 Texas. Uh, who I mean, even though they did open up the game as well, one for ten three-point shooting. Just, they just have so many players that can create plays. I mean, they had DJ Augustine, one of their best guards. He was you know shooting not too not too hot, but he had ten assists, creating plays for players like Damian James, Connor Ashley, AJ Abrams. Meanwhile, we have Aaron Bruce 0 for 8 on the day. Uh, it's kind of pitiful. And then that last play where he uh, called a timeout when we had no timeouts left, calling it, uh, costing us a technical. It's you just can't do that as a senior. What what Texas made up for with DJ Augustine's performance? Because Augustine has been cold offensively for the last two or three weeks. He's not been performing well on the offensive end of the court. But what he makes up for. Um, with his poor shooting is his uh, his court sense. He's like a Jason Kidd kind of guy, you know. He's gonna he's gonna find the open passer. He's gonna find the lanes. He's gonna find the proper ball screens. And the AJ Abrams moves so well around all those screens. I mean, he's so quick. He'll run the baseline and get around. I mean, it took everything Tweety Carter had to stay with him for most of the game. And what they had with Augustine, Baylor used to have with a guy named Aaron Bruce. And they no longer have that. And when a guy like Bruce, 0 for 8 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3, and most of those threes came, probably came first 5, 10 minutes of the game mm-hmm. when Texas started that you know initial widening of the lead, which is so critical for this team that shoots so many shots. You know, you, I mean, you have to make those early shots. And he, he no assists in the entire game. Guy played 12 minutes, no assists, and a turnover. I mean, what happened? I mean, this is not the Aaron Bruce that we have become accustomed to seeing. I mean, if he doesn't score points, he's doing something else, and that just wasn't the case. Well, I seriously don't know. I mean, maybe Coach Drew needs to alter the starting line. They worked for the Lady Bears this weekend. Uh, maybe interlace into the starting line. Wake Aaron up. I, I just I don't know what we should do with him. What do you think, Brian? I I honestly think that this is just, it's getting to a point where we have a new group coming in. I mean, Aaron Bruce is great for, for the time he's been here, but really, you know, coming in, he just, I just don't know if he has the, the firefighter that everyone else does. And just when you change up the whole offense and the whole defense, and just really with all these all these players coming in, you know, all, with all adult Americans, that you've got a whole new set that he just doesn't fit into. And I think a lot of times uh, when that happens, you know, you have a guy who just who starts and just doesn't, doesn't 
he does not play the same role he has been for the past three, four, three and a half, three years. That if you just throw him in there, he's not going to be able to perform. I think that's we've started to see that more and more that he's not, um, he's not. You know, the, everybody thought he was a five star. He really, I believe, he was a two star when he came in, and he's starting to play more and more like a two star. Well, a, a lot of people give Ambrose Love, you know, a lot of hate, and you know, they're really, I, I don't know what the word for it is right now, but they're just. You have to remember that Aaron Bruce helped the beginning of this this turnaround for the program. He's a freshman All-American. I mean, obviously, he's digressed or, you know, I'm not saying lost words today. But Aaron, he, see, Aaron Bruce's decrease in production has us so choked up that we can't. I mean, we can't even put words to our feelings. That, that and it's Monday, guys. I, I don't know what, what that's about. That and the uh, old Jason Kidd trade is just... I don't know how I feel about that, but that's a different story. Hey, if Bruce starts playing like kid, maybe we'll have even less to complain about. But see, here here's my issue with the thing, is that the Aaron Bruce that we used to get, even this season, he's contributing in some kind of way. I mean, you would get him at least 20 to 25 minutes a game, you know, putting in that that senior savvy, putting in that court sense, you know, he'd at least find lanes. And he did do that a couple times. I mean, we've seen him do that this year. Well, he'll, he'll find it like an insane passing lane that nobody else saw. And down. And usually, even the centers don't see it because Lomers will drop the pass or, you know, do will fumble it or something. But he would, he would at least give you something. And in a game as huge, as, and, you know, biggest men's basketball crowd in school history, you know, you've got the number 11 team in the country come to town. I mean, you cannot you cannot have 12 minutes of production from your only senior starter, mm-hmm. your only senior that's giving you a whole lot of time. So, I mean, I don't want to say that that was the difference, but if he plays well, I don't think that that game is a loss. And give credit to the Bears for not giving up there in the end. We were down by 12-14 with two minutes left, have that great comeback, got within two, then Aaron Bruce has the uh, the old great timeout when we don't have any left. Uh, they make a shot. Uh, they come back down. Now, 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 given Drew did make a point after the game that that Bruce did in that next uh, the the Tech gave uh, Abrams two foul shots. He hits one of the two, and Baylor comes back down. Bruce undaunted, you know, shaking it off, drives the lane, kicks it out to Lace, finds him wide open, and Lace just doesn't hit the three. Yeah. If he hits that three, it's a one-point lead with 15, 20 seconds left. And now and now the, the onus is on Texas to score. Now, to be honest with you, there's really no reason to think that Texas couldn't score because Damian James was having absolutely anything he wanted from inside. Mm-hmm. But And that's another thing we got to talk about. Um, but give, I mean, obviously you got to give Bruce some credit for you know coming here when he did and kind of picking the program up off the floor but I mean in the end it's like what have you done for me lately and he just really hasn't done a whole lot but uh, going moving from the outside to the inside as I said um, Damian James has just absolutely destroyed um, Baylor in the last two games he had 19 um, on Saturday at 17 earlier in the year uh, when they played down in Austin and uh, I mean, you can look to James. I mean, James is a, he's a terrific player. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, and here it comes again. I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Baylor—they're just soft inside. They just don't have a whole lot of edge with the bigger guys. And I don't know where the edge is going to come from 
because uh, you got Anthony Jones coming in. He's a what six nine stick. Yeah. I mean the guys. Uh, he'll put on some weight. Granted, but I mean the guy's not going to be a. He, I mean he's a wing player. He's a, kind of a three kind of guy. He's kind of like going to fill the, the same role that Durant filled down in Texas. So, I mean unless Kevin Rogers adds forty pounds in the off season, I really just I don't see any kind of mean streak coming from this group. Right, and I think another thing with that is just if you look at our just how we're playing three guards, it puts so much more pressure on your center and your forward to, to get down there and, and block everything down there. And I think that's that's another key to. I'm not saying it's it's that's the only reason why we're, we can't play down low, but I think that's that makes it makes the the problem look, shines a spotlight straight on it. Says, hey, look, drive the lane and score on us right here, and that's. That's a big problem. Yeah, I really think the only solution right now is to go uh, go to Notre Dame and get Luke Herringotti. I'm a huge fan of convert him to Baptist. You know, get rid of those ba- those Catholic roots and uh, get him down here because he's a beast inside. Right now, we got Lomers. He, uh, you can tell he gained some muscle over the off season, but it just doesn't seem like he can. Uh, he's using it to his potential. I mean, if I was seven foot, two hundred seventy pounds, I'd. I'd try to dominate inside, not saying I'm a great basketball player or anything, but he needs to be more physical inside for us to succeed. And I mean, even if we make an NCAA tournament run, because us getting a bid is up in the air right now, if we could get in, us uh, making a run depends on how physical Lomers can get inside. Now, I think the big thing, though, with him is just, you know, he's he's tried, and he's tried to get in there. And the thing is, is when he does, he always seems to make a mistake or just it looks like he just gets scared and I think that's the biggest thing he's got to work on just having the mentality that or finding a way to actually get the, the ball up there in the bucket you see every time you know you saw the Washington State game he'd, he'd get down there and he'd try to put it up and it would be we just get double teamed and wouldn't know what to do and end up traveling or, and turn the ball over or something like that and I think that is going to be the biggest problem hopefully he can get that in the off season. Here's here's what I see with Josh Lomers. I see a guy who sprints down the court for five minutes and is just dead. The guy is gone. And whether you can chalk that up to soft conditioning that he did in high school um, at Bernie, where he really wasn't expected to run a whole lot. Um, he, like most seven-footers in, in high school, his value was inflated because the guy was so much bigger than everybody else. He just grabs it off the top of people's heads and sticks it in the rim. Nobody can challenge that. Um, and then he gets here, and oh whoa! All of a sudden, you've got a college conditioning program, and I got to run. And when you're battling asthma like Lomers does, um, and you got to sprint down the court for for ten minutes, I mean, you're not going to be nearly as effective when you're puffing wind. I mean, to all of our listeners, I challenge you to watch Josh Lomers the next time you watch Baylor play, um, when he's been in the in the game for more than ten minutes, and he he's going to have his mouth open. And his tongue's going to be lolling out, and he's going to be dying. And Drew's going to take him out. I mean, the guy the guy was two for three from the from the floor. He hit his only uh, free throw attempt. I mean, he, he's not looking nearly as bad as he did at the beginning of the yeah. season. But he only plays 18 minutes. And that's not because Mamadou's pushing him for time. I mean, it's because the guy can't stay on the court. Well, it sucks because the guy does have asthma. And if you watch him in the opening minutes, you're like, wow. He did it against Tech. He did it against the first time against... Texas, and he did it this last game. Comes out, you know, they actually look to Lomers. Lomers do a little post-up move and score, but like you said, Will, 
five, ten minutes into the game, he's huffing and puffing, and that really affects his game. And I think for the for the betterment of the post, they're going to need to figure out a better way to rotate um, Josh and Mamadou. Because Mamadou, um, he, he reminds me of, of a lot of African centers in that they're great shot blockers. Defensively, um, you really you can't beat that for the amount of training he's had, which is, I mean, comparatively speaking, not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in the NBA, you get the same thing. you got a lot of these straight from Africa centers. Tumbo, yeah, Boyd Dikembe. The, the shot blocker, extraordinaire. I mean, they're, I mean, they're terrors on the defense, but, I mean, the fact is that, I mean, not only are they not very good on offense, but they don't even look to, to shoot on offense. They just, they're not really, he's not really sure of himself, so I mean, they got to figure that out. And uh, Kevin Rogers, um, he, I mean, you play 36 minutes and you only take nine shots. I mean, I understand that, but you got to. He's got to find a way to kind of body up on some guys underneath yeah. the rim and take As, it to the hole. Stronger. Especially when your when your team, your guards start off shooting one for 17 in the first half from three point from uh, behind the three point line. I mean, I don't know if you uh, all you listeners out there got a chance to watch the game. If you did, it was an embarrassment. I mean, everything we were throwing up was a break. Absolutely. But uh, you know. I think the most important thing is that they remember the last two minutes and forget the rest of this game because Oklahoma's coming up, possible buzzsaw up in, uh, up in Soonerland, and um, two 5-5 five and five teams. I mean, this is, make no mistake about it, I thought, from my vantage point, I thought this Texas game was the fork in the road. I thought, should Baylor win this, this Texas game, they probably have an inside track to an NCAA tournament bid. Another marquee win. You know, probably a top ten opponent by the time the season ends, and um, didn't happen. So now they're going to have to fight and claw. Probably need nine wins to get into the tourney. Um, no Big Twelve team has ever gotten into the NCAA tournament 500 in conference play. So Baylor needs this win, um, road win against the Sooners, who have beaten some good teams. And it won't be easy with Blake Griffin. I mean, there's another big guy that's going to create some problems for us. So and the ever evolving uh, injury report for uh, yeah, I think Jeff Capel is, yeah. is is pretty much clean. Longar Longar uh, made the miraculous recovery yeah, after from a, a broken, broken leg, leg and, <laughs> yeah. and whatever else. Blake Griffin might have his arm bit off, but he should be ready to no, go by uh, Wednesday. He'll be good. I heard his uh, his neck was broken a couple days ago, but I think he uh, healed that is one he up list, overnight. Is he as probable? Yeah, I, th- I think it was one of these overnight injuries oh, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that Capel had him. So, um, probable. Everybody's probable. Nobody's. Uh, nobody's for sure. Kind of like Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. Obviously, that fifty touchdown season, that shoulder still bothering him. No, he, I mean he's been he's been questionable for his entire career. I think. Is that right? Um, no, but five, a couple five and five teams. I mean, the Big Twelve is competitive anyways. But this game is going to be even more so. It's going to be on the floor, people pounding out for the ball. I mean. Wall to wall, you know, you're not going to see a much more competitive game because both of these teams need this win. And the bad news for the Bears is that it's on the road. Yeah, and last year in Norman, we got destroyed. I was at 40 point loss. Yeah, it was ugly. I think I turned it off around 25 points deficit. It was bad. And I mean, they've they've got, as we saw in Waco. I mean, it, not only do they have the down, I mean, probably the the best front court that Baylor's going to see all year, but I mean, they've got guys that can shoot, so, mm-hmm. I mean, this game is, it's, if the Texas game was not the fork in the road, this game for sure is. This will probably be the, the nail in the coffin. Like, like I thought the Kansas game, the 
Kansas football game is probably the nail in Coach Morris's coaching coffin. I think this game might be the nail in our NCAA bid coffin. Um, should it come to um, that on the resume when the the bubble comes around? Yeah, it's either that or moving conference tournament. That's all in itself. Yeah, that's not. All right, that will uh, end our first session with uh, men's basketball. We're going to wrap it up here and send you out to our sponsors, and we'll be right back.